day. Come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 ducks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not-so-tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table, Trontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. (laughs) Hopefully, the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon. Maybe your maybe your stupid opinions aren't right. And like, are you so sure your life is going so much the way you want it to go? And you're such a bloody paragon of virtue and the light is shining out every orifice and everyone who disabuses you of your notions is evil. Hey, what's up, y'all? It is that time again. What's that time you say? That time is time for You Probably Write Podcast, and I am your host, MCM. What do you think about that? All right. <laughs> Just playing with you. How you doing, y'all? Uh, let's see. I got an interesting show with you, show for you today. Um, I'm going to do my big five. I took big five about, I think, a year, year and a half ago. Uh, It was something developed by a lot of uh, clinical psychologists, including Jordan Peterson. And I'm just going to go over my scores. I mean, I guess if you did it before, then you will be able to compare, I guess. You can't really compare your scores to other people. I suppose you can, but anyhow, I'm going to give you my straight up scores. Um, And I don't know if I'll be able to give you any rhyme or reason. (laughs) Uh, let's see. At one point I was just concerned about one (laughs) trait and that was openness. And I think I was, wasn't too, I'm not too happy with that score for certain reasons. Um, but anyway, that's just me. And before that, I'm actually going to read a post that I made and I typed out and I was going to post it on my LinkedIn And then for various reasons, actually, I did post it. It was actually nice. It looked so professional. I had pictures that um, coincided with or was congruent with my um, my communications. (laughs) And I put it up for about maybe five minutes (laughs) and then I took it back down, you know, And I'm not too happy about that because I would have way preferred just to leave it up there. But, you know, it's interesting how life goes. You know, 
you sometimes like there's things I want to say sometimes and uh, <laughs> face to face to people, no matter who you are, chances are I'm going to say what I think. And maybe it's because it's just close quarters. But once it starts to get, you know, I guess once you start speaking to a lot of people and I guess this is just me, when I start speaking to a lot of people at the same time, it's like I don't believe that. I'm not going to be misunderstood. And I guess that's important to someone like me. So, you know, it's like picture yourself if you close your eyes for a second and I'll get to the normal stuff in a second, but picture yourself in your school, your high school or your school's gymnasium, if you had one or on your soccer field by yourself. Now picture in front of you about, or not even in front of you, all around you, people, throngs of people. And it's just you in the middle of the playing field or in the middle of the gym or the gymnasium. <laughs> now picture that a microphone appears before you and you are going to start speaking for approximately five minutes on your thoughts on racism or your thoughts on why do people buy expensive cars or your thoughts on a culture that is not your own. And for me, that experience would be, it's like, I would want to have eye contact. I would want to make sure that not only were the people hearing my verbal communications, but they were checking my body language, you know, my eye movement, my eye connection or my eye, um, <clears throat> what's it called? <laughs> I can't even think of the word my eye contact, um, just everything about my communication. I don't believe my communication, even though it's kind of funny, you know, I'm here on my podcast and I'm speaking to, you know, maybe not a lot of people, but a lot of people. And I have no control over if you're vacuuming while you're listening to me, or if you're having a conversation in your car with someone and half listening to me, or if you're totally tuned into my voice and you are in your 11 by eight bedroom in the dark, just, just under the sound of my voice, totally tuned in. Although a traumatic experience happened today and you're still not totally tuned in. So in other words, it's like, <clears throat> I guess there's a sense of control. Like I, it's like, I want to be able to control my communications with people and I would like to be able to read off of what they're getting from me. And I would like to stop if I see that the, the looks or, you know, are not congruent with what I think <laughs> is being expressed. You understand? It's like, so, you know, saying all that, it's like me just sitting here and right. Like, I mean, I, I can, I'm speaking so I can't even say that I regularly speak better than I write to tell you the truth, but I guess you'll be able to judge that in a second. But, um, something about leaving my words on a piece of paper, 
<laughs> or a screen for someone just to pick up off the coffee table and not understood what I meant by it, like just the paper. The person is not there. My tone is not there. My sincerity and my tone of my voice is not there. The look on my face when I'm speaking to you, you know, you understand. So I understand I have the podcast and it's, and I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's sacred or it's, it's private to me too, but in a different way. So I'm okay right now (laughs) with it. Um, And I guess that's why someone like me, you know, like there was a point where I would put up a whole bunch of songs, you know, and I I would never put up a song until I've listened to it probably 10 times to make sure I'm cool with it. But um, it's the same reason why I might put something up and take it down. In this case, it's I've been putting them up and there's at least six or seven podcasts in the whole row of podcasts that I've done that I that I don't really want heard, I guess, but I leave them up there because there are very few of them that I don't stand behind in a certain respect, if you understand. I'm not really sure if you're <laughs> really getting what I mean, but I mean, I guess that's a chance I take. I can't just sit here and do nothing, <laughs> you know, and I guess that's the alternative. So, yeah, I could have put it out there, you know, on my LinkedIn. But then I was thinking, I was thinking and I didn't put it on my LinkedIn. I didn't put it out there because other things are at stake, I guess, is the best way to put it. And I noticed there are certain bureaucracies and certain institutions that frown upon you having your own thought. And if your thought is not congruent necessarily with with what the greater scheme (laughs) or action plan of the company is, then you probably put yourself at risk. And if not at risk, at least, yeah, at risk, maybe not at risk for losing your job or your social status or whatever it is, but you still put yourself out there for a rough time, you know, and that's about it. And that's my reasoning there. So now that I've pumped you up with all that after about eight minutes or so, nine minutes coming up, um, I would just like to say that um, I thank I thank you for coming out to my podcast again. I I thank you for listening. Um, I would love it if you'd share it. Um, I thank you if you're a first time listener or regular listener or, as I said, a fair weather friend. And the topic seems to suit you, which is cool. If you're vacuuming, if you're driving, you know, cross state, (laughs) cross state lines, um, if you're just chilling and you like my company, then I appreciate you. And I respect the fact that you have a lot of things that you could be doing, but you're here with me. So thank you very much. And here we go. So I'm going to read this um, post. And I can't say I hope you get it because it's again, I bring it back to music. It's like what you get from it may not be what I even intended, but I mean, you get what you get from it. You know what I mean? And who am I to say, well, I guess I'm the person sending the message, but I would still prefer you take it in for yourself and see what you say or see what you think. 
Okay, let me blow it up a bit so I can read it because, you know, I got mad squabbles when it comes to reading for people. So I'm always stuttering and stopping and stuff, but that's just the way I read. I apologize because sometimes I it's like I want to ingest it and it takes me a little bit longer to process it in that way. So sometimes that's how it goes. Okay, here we go. I didn't title it. So well, I did when I posted it, but that was just like a spur of the moment. I had to have a title. So <laughs> here we go. I probably won't make this a habit, although someone told me I should. That was actually my cousin. The reason being is that <laughs> actually I'm going to be specific. My older cousin who came here from England with my aunt and family. Um, I wrote him a text one time, just being straight up. Yeah, I wrote him a text and he was like, wow, I like the way you write. You should do that more. And I gave him a whole, <laughs> a whole spiel on why you shouldn't tell people to um, just do things just because he says so, because depending on how they feel about him and what respect they have for him, they may just listen to him and they're the only ones that have to live with the consequences of listening to him. And anyway, that went on and <laughs> okay, I'm going to start over again. I'm sorry. <clears throat> there we go. I probably won't make this a habit, although someone told me I should. The reason being is that my editing proficiency is virtually non-existent, but I'll get into that a little later. How wonderful it must be to sit on the right side of history. Or, wait, is it? When I think of Jesus, Tesla, Luther, Van Gogh, <laughs> it's kind of funny that I put those... <laughs> Luther Van Gogh, Luther Vandross. Anyway, um, hopefully you know who these people are. And that's another thing. I was writing this and I'm like, I wonder who's going to get this. Because I am I gave the first name, like, you know, I gave Jesus. Then I get last name Tesla, last name Luther, last name Van Gogh. Rahab is the first name. Kafka is the last name. Anyhow, when I think of Jesus, Tesla, Luther, Van Gogh, Rahab, Kafka, and the droves of people who were bullied as children and or ostracized for, for so many things. I am perplexed, to say the least. <clears throat> I have avoided and shudder at the very thought of being spoke a spoke on society's wheel or a cog on the gear of life just holding my own. Now, the reason why I was kind of stopping there is because I should have said shuddered. And that's the funny thing. It's like my brain's editing while I'm trying to read my stuff. It's really annoying, actually. <laughs> Here we go. I can emphasize. Emphasize, idiot. I could empathize. <laughs> See what I mean? I can empathize. Sorry, it's a dysgraphia, man. I'm telling you. It's just mess. It's more than dysgraphia. Trust me. I can emphasize, empathize, empathize, sorry, with the masses who are fine with staying in line like a soldier in a bad army asked to do one small thing after one small thing, not realizing that they are a part of a genocidal movement. Hmm, what could I be thinking of? 
the individual participants in the case, in that case, look in front, behind, and all around them and see each domino standing beautifully at attention, not knowing that in, the, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, they are all going to be flattened. Society regularly dictates that we can claim, say, and do, even though it is said that we have free speech and free choice. But I'm sure I don't have to tell you that none of these freedoms actually come without a huge cost or consequence. Differently. Now I put in brackets. I know that's pro not proper, but still fun to say. I don't know why I just say that differently. <laughs> differently. Somehow, in the last few years, the said to be bullies are now being bullied along with everyone else by those who were regularly said to be bullied. Many assailants with virtual torches and pitchforks are just waiting for an adversary to rear their ugly head so that they can tweet that little twit back in their place. From shades of fragility, hmm, to white, to, sorry, to what lives count, all the way to what parts of my being I have the right to demand the public to recognize or else. As I sit and actually type these, <laughs> these words with my own 10 fingers, because my, because my talk and type aren't working and that's what the case was. It wasn't working. So I actually had to type and anybody who knows me knows that I usually speak whatever I'm going to put on paper or screen first. Anyhow, <clears throat> I marvel at the fact that Marvel has become pedestrian. And men like Mobin and Michael Scott are easier to revere these days because we were let down by Dr. Huxtable and Cosmo Kramer. Not to mention in real life, many of us fight to keep jobs we don't even like or otherwise fight to get jobs we can't even stomach. I hearken back to Frank Costanza, or should I say Lloyd Braun, and say serenity now because sickness and insanity seem to be knocking at everyone's door these days. And those two don't want to wait and come back later. But maybe it's just something in the water. Yeah, I should have I should dive deeper, but anyhow. <laughs> and I said anyhow next, <laughs> funny. Anyhow, what do I know? I barely made it out of streamed medium school, get it? Living with dysgraphia and other learning disabilities added to this. It seems like an eternity before I graduated from community college the second time around. So I'll listen to the vexed and the vaxxed, to the facial, the facially covered and the visibly uncovered, not caring if society is slowly pulling away from Judeo-Christian values or the religions themselves, because I and many others have not. 
If you think I'm wrong or off a tad bit, you're probably right. <laughs> and then I put this little spiel about the podcast. I threw the podcast at the bottom and it was actually nice. It was embedded in everything. It was really cool. That's what you can do with your blogs, y'all. If you want to say something and you want to put people to your content, that's what you can do. You can embed it right in a LinkedIn post and people can click on it right there, not just a link to it, which is really nice. And I must say Spotify really did, did it nice. I actually first, and I know I'm going off this thing, but I'm basically done with it. But um, when I had put in um, the anchor one, they had a picture of my face or whatever my my um, cover, and it was too big and, and weird. <laughs> and then I tried, I said, okay, I'll try Apple. I threw the Apple um, link on there and it was too small. But then when I put the Spotify one, it was perfect. It was like a nice beveled bubble with a play button and you just hit it and you hear what I'd say and I'd put my trailer there and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, so think about it if you're a content creator. Okay, of course, this podcast is not for the faint at heart, nor for those looking for a recap of CBC or CP24 news. It is certainly for entertainment purposes only. Listener discretion advised, and that's for real. And here's a little quote. I was actually listening to um, an interview that Elon Musk did last week. And I thought it was interesting when he said this. And I, again, I don't agree with all these people that sometimes I quote or you hear them on here for like a little snip, little snippet of, of an interview or something that they say, especially when Chris Rock was swearing in my last episode. I wish I could have beat that out because um, I definitely don't condone that, even though I condoned it by putting it out. But um, it was the rest of what he was saying that was important. And I mean, it was his mouth, not mine. Okay. <laughs> um, listen to this. This is by Elon Musk. He says, If someone, and it was supposed to be if, and I have is, it's kind of funny how you see it when you're reading it as a stranger, huh? If someone you don't like is allowed to say something you don't like, and if that is the case, then we have free speech. It's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is the sign of a healthy, functional, free speech situation. So you understand that, right? You don't like this person because they are this religion or this color or they're just an idiot in, in your mind or whatever it is. And you're willing to listen to what they have to say. Even though you can't stand them, you hate most of their ideas, but you allow them to say what they have to say. They're saying, He's saying that's free speech or even worse. It's yeah, it's he says it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functional, functioning free speech situation. Anyhow, that's that. And now I'm going to go to my top five, top five. <laughs> Let me just clear out something. One thing I notice with this smaller computer is I can't take. It's like I end up with a bunch of screens open and it's like I want to close everything. And then I end up closing the wrong one. <laughs> okay, how's time? We're, we're good for time. This is a short one, y'all. Actually, it's not really that short, but <laughs> I'm going to try to make it short. What happened just now? Okay, let's see. All right. 
So the big five, big five. Now I'm going to try to do this the short way, because if I were to read the way I read, it would be like, good luck, everyone in understanding what the heck I meant when I was saying what I was saying. But I found another website and actually is people testing, I guess, testing their autistic tendencies. Anyway, it's called Embrace Autism. It's a pretty good website from what I've seen. So let me really spend some time on it. So apparently they <clears throat> talk about the top five in, in this. The big five, sorry. Top five. I know I got the top five. Top five is from, oh, like who's your best top five rappers? <laughs> That's funny. Big five, top five. Anyhow, it's called the big five aspects scale. Okay. And I'm assuming that's what they're calling, but they didn't say the whole spiel there. Spiel. So let's see. We'll start with agreeableness. And I'm going to give my score after I tell you what the definition of it is and if I have any two cents to say about it. So there's a few of them. Did they say? Yeah, they don't have all. Oh, no. Mm, no, they don't have everything. Okay. Anyway, I'll just say the ones that they have. So agreeableness. Now, agreeableness, apparently, and this is like the short blurb in their in their um, eyes. One of the five personality traits of the big five personality theory, people high in the trait of agreeableness display behaviors that is cooperative, kind, sympathetic, warm, friendly, altruistic, and pro-social. Interesting. So I actually scored um, 68 and 68 would be would mean that out of 100 people i was more agreeable than 68 of them if you get that and i'll just read it, it says i'm moderately high and let's just i'll just read when i can i'll just read like maybe a paragraph of each so you are moderately high in agreeableness which is the primary dimension of interpersonal interactions in the big five personality trait scientific model agreeableness has two aspects compassion and politeness which will be explained separately agreeableness is a very complex trait with with marked positive and negative elements all along it distribute all along is it distribution because of this higher scores and lower scores need to be explained at the same time Ooh. Maybe we want to get into it a little bit. What do you think? Let's see. Wow, it's long. <clears throat> Let's see if I can see anything you might want to hear. I'll read this one. People high in agreeableness. See, I'm moderately high. So is that the same thing? Hmm. Okay. People moderately high are nice, compliant, nurturing. I'm not very nurturing, but I'm generally nice and compliant. And it says it's there too. Kind naively tr trusting and conciliatory however because of their tendencies to avoid conflict they often dissemble and hide what they think hmm yeah so i'm thinking it's like my own private session and i'm on, i'm on the couch and on the chair <laughs> uh 
Yeah, I used to. I can say honestly, I I would prefer not to have a conflict if possible. Um, I don't know that I do that all the time though. That was more as a as a kid growing up, but that could be the the bullying aspect of <laughs> of me or whatever. People low in agreeableness. Well, that's not me. But if you're low in agreeableness, you're stubborn, dominant, harsh, skeptical. And I'm skeptical. That's funny. But I mean, I'm moderately. So that's where it probably brought it down. Competitive and in the extreme, even predatory. Well, I'm not low. However, they tend to be straightforward, even blunt. So you know where they stand. And that's where I am. Most of the time I, I am blunt. It's interesting. Let's see. There's anything else here. It just says I'm more agreeable than 68 people out of 100. It says that women are higher than the average woman is at 61. Males are usually at 38. I'm way up at 68. Sometimes like you take these tests, you think, oh, man, maybe I was already prepared and I answered a certain way. But I, I think I mean, I paid to do the test. I believe I, I did it legitimately. You know, let's see if the typical criminal is more disagreeable than 98% of the people in the general population, then almost all those criminals will be male. Ooh. Okay, moving right along. I don't know if I should use that use his website, though, because they don't have all of them. Okay, I'll just go on to the next one. They have conscientiousness. Now, problem is they're not in the same order that I have this paper. So you're hearing a lot of rustling. Uh, I apologize for it. Sadly, the sure is not probably muffling everything like I would like it to. Let's see. Compassion, typical or average. Let's see. Did they have it there? Um... I didn't have it. See, I'm not very compassionate. See, check that out. You are typical or average in compassion, which is one of the aspects of agreeableness. Your score puts you at 48 percentile. Hmm. So again, if there was 100 people, I'm only I'd be more compassionate than only 48 of them. That's trash. <laughs> in my books, I would like to be more compassionate. Jesus was compassionate. I think I'd like to be more like Jesus. But I mean, this is my natural self, I guess. They can be empathetic, caring. However, they are not primarily or oriented. So they can negotiate effectively on their own behalf. This helps ensure that they can get what they deserve. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Politeness. Check it out. At politeness, I'm at 81 percentile again this means that yeah let's see interesting and it still says i don't know why it's saying that i'm moderately in that but let's see you are high in politeness which is one of the aspects of agreeableness your score puts you at 81 percent. you know what that means high polite people tend to be differential to authority and are generally obedient. Ugh. That makes me a house. Mm, I'm not going to say. <laughs> they are respectful 
and hate to be and hate to appear or to be pushy. They are uncomfortable, uncomfortable, challenging other people. Highly polite people will try diligently to avoid conflict. Of course, that's me again, I guess, and have more intense desire than average to steer clear of confrontations or fights. And I can honestly say that's true for me now. It's not that I won't throw down, but it's like that's the last thing. I want to do in general, in a general sense. And it's not like I'm a small little guy. Either. I just do not like, I don't know what it is. I mean, when I'm there, <laughs> it's like, Hey, let's go. And I'm the dude you could punch 10 times in the face and I'll still come at that point. You know what I mean? And it's, if you get me 10 times, but I'm just saying like it, all bets are off. And it's like, I, I don't like that emotion and feeling that way. Um, it's like, my lung capacity shrinks to about a quarter and it's not that I'm, I don't know if I'm hyperventilating, but it's just, it's just horrible. And you know, and I guess that's just where I am. And listen, I'm not like saying this is like truth gospel or whatever it is, but it's just, it's interesting that the answers that I have um, put on this, this test and this test was, or the survey, whatever survey test, it was a hundred questions. So it wasn't like 30 questions and you're out of there. It was a hundred, at least a hundred that I remember. And it's just funny that I, you know, I read this stuff and this is just spitting out by a computer, but these guys obviously did their research because the stuff, at least for me is correlating with the person that I have been all these many years. And let's see conscientiousness. Now I wanted to use that, that thing they had here. Yeah, that was the second one on their list. Conscientiousness. Let's see. Actively making sure the work you are putting into a task is done to the best of your abilities and is completely thorough, thoroughly. Wait, completed. Oh, completed thoroughly. Sorry. A person who displays conscientiousness also has a strong amount of self-control with an eye on long-term goals. Hmm. And I guess that's why I'm at 66. <laughs> I think I'm just average. I'm moderately conscientious. Moderately conscientious people are more likely than average to obtain a obtain higher grades in an academic setting, particularly if they are intelligent. So let's see. In high school, or should I say in medium school, <laughs> I um I had crappy marks. But I was more concerned with playing sports and I had all kinds of learning gaps. So that didn't work out well. But I can say when I once I had access to a computer and I was in college, most of my marks were a B or an A. So I don't know if that means much or not, but sure, whatever. Um, industriousness, industriousness, sorry. Typical or average? How average am I? I am 50. Hmm. I guess I won't be coming up with any new business um, ventures. <laughs> Let's see. People of average industriousness are not particularly judgmental to themselves or others. Hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty judgmental about myself, but um, they like to live and let live. Well, that, I do. But if I can say something to help somebody in a certain way, I will. So I don't know if that's live and let live and just like whatever happens, everybody happens. I don't know if I'm totally like that. 
They are somewhat likely to believe that people fail because they do not apply themselves or work hard enough, but know that other considerations play a role. They tend to feel guilty, but not to an overwhelming degree. If they do not do their duty, hmm. They can, however, find themselves in a guilty position because they failed to perform a task on time or properly. Yeah. Yeah, that is bothersome. Let's see. Orderliness. Moderately high. Ooh, yeah. Orderliness can const- can, can wait can constrain creativity. Yeah, because you want it, you think it needs to be done just so. However, creativity endeavor, creative endeavors often require mess, disruption, and intervening periods of chaos. So moderately orderly people who are high in openness to experience, to experience, wait, 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 who are high in openness to experience may have some trouble letting go enough to indulge in their creativity. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, my conscious, I'm thinking back to my conscientiousness and, um, I would always want to get things done, but though my teacher, a grade 12 teacher in English, she told me that I'm an imperfect perfectionist. So I would do it, do it, do it. And I would usually ruin it right at the end because I just wouldn't leave enough well enough alone. I've done that with haircuts too in the past, although I've got me, I got better at that. Yeah, it's interesting. So moderately high in orderliness. Everything has its place. Again, I'm higher than the average woman and higher than the average man. I'm just high up there. Here is one. Extroversion. Wow. What do you think that is? Well, I got a podcast. I have three or four YouTube channels. What do you think my my uh, extroversion is? It is 34. <laughs> so... I am less extroverted than 65% of people out of 100. I'm way down there. Let's see what the, I guess, what's the average? Does it say for men and, men and women? Let's see. Women are slightly more extroverted than men. The mean percentile for women in general, the general population is 52 and men 48. Okay, so I'm not that way off from the average dude. <laughs> Enthusiasm, thirteenth <laughs> percentile. What is this? You are low in enthusiasm, which is one aspect of extroversion. Your score puts you in the thirteenth percentile. If you were a hundred people, you would be less enthusiastic than eighty-six percent of the people. <laughs> I'd be like, whatever, man. Move. <laughs> go on. Go on with yourself. Enthusiasm is not strongly associated with political preference, either conservative or liberal. Women who women are high in enthusiasm, higher enthusiasm than men. The mean for women is 55 and men are 45. I don't know why am I so I'm going to read this one out a little bit. Individuals who are low in enthusiasm are not excitable. I love that word for some reason. <laughs> they are also much less easy to get to know. Yeah, and that's true because I've heard that before. I don't really, I, I talk, but I don't really give of myself. As they are not chatty or bubbly. See, I'm chatty on this thing, but I'm not that bubbly, I guess. 
when they do talk, it tends to be about things in which they find particularly interest, particular interest. So I only talk about my like really like I don't just what is it, shoot the breeze. If I'm talking about something, then I'm probably pretty passionate about it. And yeah, I guess it's true. They open up to others, other people with some difficulty, particularly in large social gatherings or parties. And there you go. What I was saying earlier, it's, it's, you know, and think about it. I was just saying that. And then here it is right here in enthusiasm. They laugh much more rarely than others. They prefer solitude and Although they can enjoy themselves around other people, which I can, it has to be in small doses. They are much more private people and are not markedly positive or optimistic. They avoid the spotlight and, if creative, may find performing much less desirable than than draining and draining. Yeah, that's true. Because you got all these eyes and... Maybe that's what I was displaying in that little exercise I had you do at the beginning of this podcast. They are rare. They rarely seek out stimulation or excitement, activity or fun. And if they do so, prefer quieter activities. People low in enthusiasm are not gregarious or people loving and find it more difficult to generate felt sense of excitement when offered the opportunity to engage in something that others might find engaging or entertaining yeah but that's me so as i said i like i don't know what to tell you like <laughs> we can sit here and say that these psychologists don't really know what they're talking about or you know but um that one's really spot on for me and i'm trying to get out of that <laughs> you know i'm trying to put on christ and take off so much of my sinful flesh because that is definitely not a great quality as far as I'm concerned. It might make me more personable to people on a, like, you know, on a person to person basis, but you know, you wouldn't want me doing your Ted talk, I suppose. (laughs) Let's see. There we go. Assertiveness, moderately high. Weird, right? You are moderately high in assertiveness, which is one aspect of extroversion. So for some reason, that's up there. Moderately high assertive people are more take charge types. They put their own opinions forward, I guess, because I have a podcast, and are somewhat likely to dominate and control social situations. Hmm, maybe like because I talk about exactly what I want to talk about, I guess. And I put that forward, I guess, when I do talk, right? They can be influential and captivating. Are you captivated? (laughs) They have the communication style that is more often associated with leadership. This is a, this is good when they are knowledgeable. (laughs) But when you're an idiot, I guess it's not that cool. Yeah. Like there's sometimes, of course I've been on here. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. And sometimes I do. Um, competent and able, but less good when they aren't. <laughs> Moderately assertive people tend to be more action-oriented. They are less likely to wait for others to lead the way. Yeah, I'll jump up and start cleaning once I see it needs to be done or pick up the garbage or whatever it is. Now and then they might be impulsive. Uh, yeah. In consequence, acting too quickly without thinking, oh yeah, 
<laughs> that reminds me of the days when we'd have like a, a party at the house and it was wrapping up or whatever it is, like a birthday party, whatever. And I'd be the guy there throwing out half filled pop cans and people come back and like, where's my drink? It's okay. Cause MCM chucked them all. <laughs> Give you another one. I remember that. I don't know what my problem was. It's like, I wanted the party to be over. I want every, I want you all to go where the hell you came from. <laughs> It's funny. But then I guess the next thing, <laughs> I don't really make myself sound like a nut. Neuroticism. I'm high in neuroticism. This is something that I wasn't too proud of. <laughs> My score is 78. I'm in the 78 percentile. So there's a hundred of us in that room. I'm more neurotic than a hundred than <laughs> than 78% of the people. People with high levels of neuroticism are more likely to think that that things have gone wrong in the past are going, I'm hearing singing in the background here, unfortunately. People with, people with high levels of neuroticism are more likely to think that things have gone wrong in the past, are going wrong now, and will continue to go wrong in the future. They are more, they are, they also are more likely to be unhappy, anxious, irritable, when just thinking or remembering, yeah, 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 I'll sit there in my own head and the problem is then I'll come out and I'll interact with somebody and I'll end up being upset just because of whatever it is I was thinking about. It's really weird. It's like, you, you, like you're really in your own head. <laughs> and I guess other people who are high in neuroticism will know what I'm talking about. And it's totally wacko for those people who aren't. And when they encounter a genuine problem, they have substantially lower than average levels of self-esteem, particularly when they are also low in extroversion. And that would be me. Neuro neuroticism is a risk factor for anxiety disorders and depression. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty out there. Let's read more about that because it's interesting. High levels of neuroticism may interfere with both success and satisfaction in relationships and career. <laughs> Church with the strongest effect on relationships. Hmm. That might be a reason why I suck at relationships, I guess. High levels of neuroticism are associated with much more con concern about mental and physical health, as well as more frequent physician physician and emergency room visits and much more absenteeism at work and at school, particularly if accompanied by low levels of conscientiousness, which I don't have. So yeah, I, I had periods of showing up at the doctor's office or the emergency room, but then I've only been to one probably in the last two or three years, one time. So or two times in the last three years. Hmm. Let's see what else. Let's let's read it right to the, because this is my bad side. I'd rather, I'm that guy. I'd rather just get it out. Let's see. People with high levels of neuroticism appear to be much more risk averse than average, which means they tend to avoid recreational, career, financial, and social situations where the possibility of loss is a high. Such people appear to be much more concerned with maintaining their current status rather than the in the in sorry the enhancing it so in other words you just stay in the one spot and don't move up in life 
Yep, not too great. Perhaps this is a good strategy in, in genuinely dangerous or uncertain times. Yeah, so we'll live. <laughs> because we don't go off venturing into the dark like in one of those horror movies. We'll be just like, you know what? I'm staying in the cabin with all of the lights on and doors locked. You know what I mean? I batten down the hatches and everything. Hatchets. Hatchets. Hatches. <laughs> Neuroticism is not a powerful predictor of political belief, either conservative or liberal. Hmm. Should we read more? No. <clears throat> I think I beat that dead horse. Or should I? It's only it's only one. Let's see. Women tend to be about 60 here, higher than men in neuroticism. Ooh, let's read this. The typical woman is higher in neuroticism than 60% of the general population of men, and women combined in part, wait, and women combined. In part, this may be why women report more unhappiness in their relationships at work, in school, and with their health than men on average, and why women initiate 70% of all divorces. This difference in neuroticism between men and women appear to emerge at puberty. It is largest countries such as Norway and Sweden where the most has been done to ensure equality of outcomes between the sexes. Okay, cool. Withdrawal. We're almost there, y'all. 47 minutes in. This is interesting, isn't it? Or maybe it's interesting because it's about me. <laughs> All right. But I mean, you should go and do one of these, you know? Let's see. Can I see where... Yeah, I can't really... Understanding... Let's see. It's called understandingmyself.com. And then once you get there, I guess you'll be able to um, pay for the test. I mean, the test only costs 10 bucks. So, <laughs> I mean, if you want to know a little bit about yourself, you're the kind of person who will take like some online tests and stuff like that. And, oh, I got a little online IQ test and they give you 60 questions and then it tells you you got an IQ of 20, 129 or whatever, like it did for me. Um, <laughs> you know, that's crazy, but um, you should pay for this. It's only 10 bucks. And that's Canadian. Anyhow, that's where I'll wrap it up tonight. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I could have got into the whole thing, but yeah, I'm dragging it out. And I mean, this is all personal. It's all me anyways. But um, yeah, there were a few more aspects to this, considering openness, which I was 50 and volatility. I was 68. <laughs> and I'm just wrapping it up for you. Let's see. Yeah, the openness is 49th. And let's see. Actually, <laughs> I think I read some stuff differently. Oh my gosh. Well, this isn't good. Check it out. Your intellect is low. <laughs> no, I'm an idiot. Let's see what it says. <laughs> Okay, so it's 18th percentile. That means there's 81 more people that are more. <laughs> Let's read this, guys. This is bad. Or maybe it's not bad. Let's see. Note, do not confuse personality aspects of intellect with IQ. Oh, great. Intellect is a measure of interest in abstract ideas, essentially, while IQ 
is a measure of processing speed. Huh. Verbal ability, working memory, and problem-solving capacity, and is better, better, better measured with a formal IQ test. It is perfectly possible to have a high IQ and a low score in personality traits of intellect. And I would agree with that because my IQ wasn't that bad. You imagine? Sorry about the noise in the background. Hello? This isn't muffling it. Let's just finish up here. Mm-hmm. So it says, you are low in intellect, which is one of the aspects of openness to experience experience <laughs> no, i read it like that your score puts you at the 18th percentile for intellect if you were with 100 people there would be 81 that have more intellect than you it still still sounds horrible to me man but anyway <clears throat> it says people low in intellect are unlikely to be engaged with ideas and abstract concepts that's not true because i do like a lot of abstract things abstract context and abstract concepts anyhow (laughs) they are less interested in learning philosophical concepts i doubt that's the reason why i listen to all those interviews all those heady wise philosophers but anyway um seeing little use in them people well i guess it's kind of true (laughs) because I believe in the truth of the Bible and I, you know, I realize that there's all these different um, philosophers and psychologists, like, you know, people like Karl Marx and there's Piaget and there's Freud and there's Dostoevsky. Um, There's all kinds of thinkers, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I've heard their different concepts and their different um, ways of thinking about society and stuff like that from, um, you know, egalitarian and and <laughs> I can't even think of the words right now. But the whole point is, it's it, it, it's it is interesting how they how we, they um it's like almost make, makes you think that you answered all these questions wrong. <laughs> Whatever. They are uh, substantially less intellectually curious and infrequently tackle and solve complex abstract problems. Hmm. They are unlikely to engage in issue oriented discussions or to enjoy reading idea centered books. They can be less articulate, particularly if average or lower in extroversion, which I am experiencing some trouble formulating what sentences let's see what it says and i flip the page formulating communicating their ideas well you can judge i did um write write and read or i wrote i wrote something and i read it earlier in this podcast so i don't know if, if i'm good or bad at formulating my ideas and communicating them Um, They tend to have a vocabulary of less than normal breadth and depth and are likely to stick with the tried and true rather than learning new ideas and skills. They are less likely to enjoy being exposed to novels, creative concepts, and are relatively uninterested in adapting to or seeking out new experiences and situations. Hmm. Well, 
I am humdrum to, uh, <laughs> I guess, an extent. I'm simple. So I guess it's there and it's not there for me to tell you the truth. Being honest with it. Um, let's see what else they got since it's they're really getting into it. People low in intellect rarely find complex, rapidly complex, rapidly changing occupations to their liking and are therefore more likely to fail at them. Hmm. Unless very high in conscientiousness, which I'm not very high, I'm moderately high and very low in neuroticism and I'm high in neuroticism. <laughs> they are much better suited to stable, straightforward and more traditional occupations where the rules for success are well-defined and tend not to change. And that's true. I'm going to be when if it's true, it's true. If it's not, it's not. Liberals are high in intellect than higher in intellect than conservatives. Although the biggest difference between the two is openness to experience at trait level. Women are lower than men in intellect, although not in IQ. This probably a difference in interest. People in interest, people high in intellect compared to openness are more likely to prefer the science to the arts. The, the, the mean percentile for women in general population, women to men is 45, men 55. There we go. And this will be the last. Well, this is the last one I'm going to talk about. It says openness. This is in general. My openness is 80. I, I don't know why I thought it was so low. You are high in openness, which is one aspect of of openness to experience. Hmm. Your score puts you at the 80th percentile. If you were, what is it? If you were one of 100 people in a room, you would be higher in openness than 80% of the people and lower than 19. Check this out. The closest synonym for openness rather than openness to experience, which encompasses openness and intellect is creativity. Highly open, creative people love beauty. They need an outlet for their creative ability. Hence, I have a podcast. Hence, I have four YouTube channels. Hence, I do um, somewhat. I, I will I sing, you know, like I do other stuff. I need outlets. So that's true. Or they have difficulty thriving. Yeah. So I need to have something else to do, you know. You see my movie collection. <laughs> I should be, I should be, I have so many movies. I could, I could review a movie every day for like the next 200 years <laughs> or more, I guess more. They, they went, they want to be surrounded by art. <laughs> there you go. Or beautiful crafts. They are sensitive to color and are, and are architectural form. They like to collect things, hence the movie collection. Jeez, I just said this. This is funny. They are imaginative, hence I watch a lot of movies, and like to daydream, hence I like a lot of watch movies, <laughs> and reflect on things. They are affected comparatively deeply by music, which I told you I sing. Often, this is really interesting, this one here. Often many genres. Yeah. And if you went to my my um, playlist on Spotify, you'd know that I got a crazy um, selection of genres together. And 
maybe musically or artistic themselves. There you go. Both of these are rare in the general population. They can be thoroughly immersed in a book or a movie or in their own thoughts and become somewhat oblivious to the outside world. They respond strongly to beauty and creativity and art. This is cool. This is all true here. High open, eh, probably this is probably the negative part of what it is. <laughs> Highly open creative people can be impractical and flighty. There you go. However, particularly if low in conscientiousness, which I'm not. It can be extremely difficult to transform creativity into money, though. Yep, that's true. Or into a career. Yep. Most of the stuff that I do on the side don't make me any money. <laughs> High levels of openness are furthermore necessary for entrepreneurial success and often prove useful at the top of the hierarchies, even in very conservative occupations such as banking, accounting, law, which needs creative people in leadership positions to provide new visions and direction. Liberals are high in openness than higher, again, than conservatives. Although the biggest difference between the two is openness to experience as the trait level. And women usually have 56 on average and men are 44. So crazily high in openness. So I don't know why I didn't want to read this last time. <laughs> I would have known all this. So there you go. <clears throat> nice. All right. Anyhow, this is our show for today. Thanks for coming out. We're on 60 and this was great. Come again. Tell your friends and you'll hear me next time. Peace out from your Probably Right podcast. This is MCM signing out. Hey, come check out your Probably Right podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh oh, yeah, God, self help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions and all the while understand that listen sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat well that's how it is here and because there's no topic well very few topics off the table Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there <laughs> hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting and hey maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere hope to see you soon